leaving you in the lap of the gods. Revisited. If you recall, there was a previous Queen Deep Dive on this same album, Sheer Heart Attack, also called In the Lap of the Gods. And I mentioned this song, The Revisited In the Lap of the Gods. They're entirely unrelated. A little bit similar sentiment, but the former is more about love and passions, I think. And this one is more about the big picture, the questioning of lots of things in life and whether or not you're actually able to do those things you want to do, but ultimately leaving it up to the gods. That's what I think this is about. I do love that previous version very much. It is the operatic tinged rock number. It's a much deeper track in Queen's catalog, but I really adore that song. This one took time to grow on me. I'm going to admit that right up front, you guys. This was not one that originally immediately won me over. And we'll talk about that more. Dive number 34, track 13, the very last song on Queen's Sheer Heart Attack from 1974. This is Freddie Mercury's number, All Hard Glam Rock. Really, you could use a lot of genre and style descriptors here. The verses feel a little jazzy, a little soulful. The chorus is more rousing and rock and roll. So there's a nice contrast of styles, sounds. This is very reminiscent of the whole album of Sheer Heart Attack, a great collection of different styles. And it all sums up well right here in this number. 132 beats per minute. This totally surprises me because the song has a feeling of cut time. It doesn't feel that fast. We're in 3-4 time signature, so it's a little bit of a waltz, if you will. A shuffle beat and one key, the key of D major. Lots of surprises here coming from Freddie. We don't have five or six different keys. We don't have a bunch of time signatures. Even before I started breaking this down, I thought to myself, this is a much more simple song structure, and it is. It's very square. It's a little bit repetitive, kind of predictable. But I think that's a good thing because this is the first time we hear Freddie create a song that he intended to interact with the audience with. This is the first shot he took at this, and it's pretty impressive. Full of contradictions, i.e. word painting in song, In the Lap of the Gods Revisited is encouragement met with harsh reality. Hence the claim that life is ultimately in the lap of the gods. There are theories this is about Freddie's parents and their lack of support in the earlier days of Queen. Because we have lyrics like, I can see what you want me to be. And my money, that's all you want to talk about. But those are just theories. Me, I think this is just Freddie thinking big picture, broad spectrum, what can I actually do in the face of adversity or up against the harsh realities of the world? That's what I take from this. And I think Freddie does that on purpose to leave it up to the listener. All vocals are provided by Freddie in this rousing number that perfectly encapsulates every highlight of the Sheer Heart Attack album. It takes all the great elements of Queen's music and their skill set 
and puts it to good use here. The structure of this is reminiscent of songs like Hey Jude with that extended outro, or even Queen's own earlier Father to Son, which has a similar lengthy outro, because this was built on a repetitive celebration of togetherness with band and audience. I like that it includes some touching soulfulness, which is almost jazz-like in expression, especially in the verses. We got some good old rock and roll here and a touch of folk softness with these surprising tight vocal harmonies that make an appearance in the verses. The rhythm and the way the piano dances with the lyrics, it makes that square-like arrangement, that repetitiveness, much more intriguing, interesting, and likable. That word painting, the moments of high vocal encouragement juxtaposed with the low vocal back to reality, it's a very clever arrangement. And it's very moving, very affecting. When Brian busts in with his guitar in the chorus lead-in and carries us through the choruses, such anticipation rises and we get our first glimpse of a crowd-pleasing and crowd-participation number. It's very successful in this regard. And Brian's guitar arrangement provides a fantastic harmony against Freddie's lead vocals in that chorus. John accents the verses with carefully, quietly placed bass. And again, there's some chromatic arrangements in here where he falls down the scale from note to note right against each other. Roger's subtle but affecting drum rolls and the crashes of those cymbals are innately placed at the perfect moments. The chorus could indeed go on forever in its clever arrangement as Freddie's overdubbed vocals surround the listener, concluded with that overwhelming explosion, that super saturated sound. We've no doubt the sheer impact of sheer heart attack and queen. And we're left wanting more. This is such a great closer for this album, truly. It was performed 237 times, and it's one of Queen's most often played tracks in a concert setting and a mainstay as a setlist closer from 74 to 77. It was dropped completely in 78 until about 86 when it appeared as part of a medley that led into Seven Seas Arrive. Freddie's piano playing live it's very different than what we've heard previously in lots of moments. It's very delicate, but it leads into this pounding thing that he was so good at busting out. His vocals are very affecting, on point, especially when you consider that this song was played at the end of concerts. So he's got to be worn out. You can see it in quite a few of the recordings that we have out there, including the Hammersmith recording. He's tired, he's sweaty. But he manages to get this out so well. Very affecting vocals, powerful, evocative. He rolls his R's with a little flair, does other little inflections unique to live performances, and communicates his intentions, thoughts, and emotions perfectly. As far as the visuals, there's lots of smoke, dry eyes, lights, explosions that create this otherworldly atmosphere with a bit of fantasy and intrigue. Roger and Brian join in the outro vocals live, which is nice because on the album, it's all Freddie's voice. And Freddie rises from the piano to rouse the audience into participation. Singing along, though, feels compulsory in the best way. You want to wrap your arms on each other's shoulders and sway together and celebrate life, maybe hold up a lighter. 
Brian digs in with his guitar. Roger busts out crashes and riffs, and John expands that foundational bass line with little flowery effects that he does so well on a stage. And it all creates this elaborate, fantastic closer for those live performances, at least until the encore starts. <laughs> this was usually the last song before they take a little leave for a minute or two and then come back out on stage. So this was a great way to wrap up the latest and greatest the band had to offer. So yes, the first song Freddie wrote to encourage audience participation and his first contribution with a shuffle beat. We don't get a lot of shuffle beat arrangements from Freddie. So I wonder if one of the other guys had a hand in that. Be interesting to know. And I think we all know where Freddie took these audience participation numbers. I don't even have to name those songs. We're going to talk about them later. But this is a great start to that kind of approach, wanting to get the listeners, the audience involved, to feel like you're part of something bigger. The explosion heard at the end of the song was achieved through tape saturation, which is why we have that lovely distortion, right? Live, it was achieved with actual pyrotechnics. And this was the first use of such effects by the band in this song. We would see a lot more of these in the future. Explosions and overwhelming instances of sound. So let's talk a little bit about this song and how I feel about it and how others feel about it. Some fans criticize the droning of the ending. It goes on and on and on. I think like six times the chorus is sang. But this might be appropriate given the lyrics that actually say life goes on and on and on, right? There is this persistence here. I, I think there's several reasons this was done this way. One it was going to be a great number for audience participation. I think Freddie and the guys knew that. And two, it's that encouragement in the face of adversity, right? You have to face the reality of the world, but why not continue to carry on? NME wrote specifically about the album Sheer Heart Attack as a whole. It's a feast, no duffers, and four songs that will just run and run. Killer Queen. Flick of the wrist, now I'm here and in the lap of the gods revisited. This was actually mentioned in Queen as it began. That wonderful book I've talked about, which I found, by the way, I have my book. I went into storage, went through a bunch of boxes, and finally found it. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very happy to say I have my most precious resource, and that is taken directly out of that book, that little comment from NME. So even though this song has an ending that drags on a bit, it's very satisfying, especially as an album closer, but it did take me forever to realize how soulful this is, especially the verses. It took forever to grow on me. I admit, I often tuned this number out. Yes, I let it play as I went through the album's tracks, but it lost my interest. The ending does probably go on a phrase or two too long. That's still a criticism of the song. People like it, but they'll say, oh, the ending's a little long. But again, done for good reason. To carry on the camaraderie with the listener, it creates a connection. And Freddie knew that. 
He knew it would play out perfectly on a stage. Its cyclic and somewhat predictable structure is friendly to the ear and it's easy to sing out. From the softness of the opening vocals, Freddie is immediately tender and reflective, melancholy even. Everything is focused, tight, sparkling. John, Freddie, and Roger carry the verses with gorgeous touch and performance, giving Brian an aggressive spotlight in the choruses with his guitar. And Brian shines in those moments. He takes perfect advantage of them, providing these ideal harmonies with Freddie's woes and la-la-las. Woe and la-la. Seriously, would you ever think that Queen, a rock and roll band, would take woes and lalas and put them to such prominent use in a chorus doesn't immediately seem obvious. But this is Freddie, this is Queen, it's beautiful. If I heard this song without the drums or the guitar, I'd swear it was a jazzy lullaby on piano. A la a much later song I love from News of the World. The last song, I'm not gonna talk about it yet. We'll get there. But Freddie's voice is fantastic. He uses it well with effortless shifts from falsetto, those bright falsettos to the chest voice in the deeper range, innately knowing where to make those transitions for maximum emotional impact, that word painting. I'm still not entirely sure what Freddie is singing about here the more I go through this, but that's likely as he intended. Always enigmatic, always painting with broad strokes. Freddie sings contradictory messages of encouragement and hesitation. He seems less powerful and more human, more real, until the chorus begins, anyway. And he wails passionately. And then again, he just seems unreal, not even human. He reaches into our longing hearts and latches on just like Queen always does as a whole. And you know, there's more greatness to come. And there is. I can't believe this is the last dive for Sheer Heart Attack. Three albums we've gone through. And we're getting into the albums that are less hard rock and more experimental, even more experimental, more interesting, more genius. There's so much stuff coming that is going to blow our minds when it comes to song structure and production and arrangements, surprises, shifts in tone, melody, style. The guys are just getting started. And this is a great way to end it. Yeah, this song took a while to grow on me, but now when it plays... I'm doing exactly what Freddie always wanted everyone to do. When he stands up in concert and says, everybody, whoa, whoa, la, 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 la. You just can't help yourself. It comes naturally. It just happens, right? (laughs) So yes, dive in to In the Lap of the Gods Revisited. It's really a stunning number, especially live. I think I like it live more than on the album because it's meant to be a participation number. So that's where it shines the best. In fact, if this was one of those songs that they just never recorded on an album and used it live, I think it might've been even more of a gem. Those are always the songs in any artist catalog that people talk about. There's a lot of artists I could, I could go into with that. Radiohead is a big one. For years and years, Radiohead's song, True Love Waits, was not on an album. And it changed a lot through the years. That's the other thing that Queen does well is they take songs and shift them 
from album to live performance in a way that sometimes is really surprising. Maybe not so much in the earlier days, but come the 80s, we're going to see a lot of different styles from album to live performance. And you kind of go, what? And I can't wait to talk about those because big contrasts, surprises, variations, all the good stuff that we know we can expect from Queen at this point. But I'm wrapping it up, ladies and gentlemen. This is the end of Sheer Heart Attack. We're getting into a major stepping stone, if not the biggest jump for the band ever. And I will kick that off appropriately fangirling as we get into the latest and greatest dives going forward. In the meantime, keep yourselves alive. Take care, and I will be back probably with something a little different than a deep dive this next time. I think it's time to take a little break and take a breather, talk about something else, change it up, do my thing, and I hope you guys do your thing. Do it well. Take life and run with it. No apologies, just like Queen. Defy the critics. Own yourself. Own what you love. Do what you love. Is that just too much? (laughs) I really do subconsciously think about this stuff all the time. That's why it's always there. But keep yourselves alive, okay? And I'll be back again later, my listeners.